0: Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, it's probably if you're listening live, it's probably afternoon where you are, unless you're in California. Yeah. Oh, almost in <laughs> California this is the morning report a production of fightbackmedia.com 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 my name is Willie Lawson I trust that you are great today um, it's gonna be fun today this is going to be some uh, some eye-opening stuff and it's going to be some some stuff that basically confirms what you thought all along and that you were able to share. Um, today and tomorrow and into the um, into the future. That's what Fight Back Media is all about. Fight Back Media is, is all about pushing back the leftist narrative because I learned early, I learned early in this, that whoever controls the narrative controls everything. Um, if the narrative um, is that uh, a statue can be racist and cause harm to a community and that statue, statue should be taken down and the statue actually gets taken down. It is that narrative that controls the situation. Now, that narrative is insane and ridiculous and outrageous and inane and sophomoric. Uh, it's it, 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 it's stupid. However, we, we are finding that to be true. The um, New York Natural History Museum is taking down a statue of Teddy Roosevelt, one of the most... Aggressive presidents we've ever had, um, because some have said that it's racist and harmful and violent, and it represents. And, you know, and and of course, dumbass De Blasio is going along with it because that's what he's just hoping to be one of the people who get eaten last. And we're going to talk about that on Fight Back Twenty Twenty uh, this afternoon. Uh, why some of these democrats are going along with this madness they're just kind of hoping to be the last ones eaten in any case again thank you again for um for joining us today thank you for uh having a little fun with us thank you again for going to the website what you haven't gone to the website what do you mean you haven't gone what what if what do you mean you haven't gone to the website do you know how hard I've worked on that on that <clears throat> on that website. Fight okay. I'll, I'll give it to you again. www. That's pretty easy. And then the period sign. We commonly refer to it in the tech world as dot. Fight back media. It's all one word, no caps, no spaces, all lowercase. You don't have to touch the shift key. It should be easy for you. And that dot you did a little bit ago. Do that again, and then com, www.dot.fightpackmedia.com. I'll tell you again, www.fightpackmedia.com. Check it out. Um, lots on there. Growing a little bit every day. Uh, we we could really u- use your support um, just by your attendance. We're still looking for some title sponsors. We need two title sponsors. Uh, Six month contract. Five hundred bucks a month. Push us further push us further help us get out there all right we're gonna take a little break we'll be back with more of the morning report right after these messages you know every man my age should have three things in my opinion first you should have your own barber second you should have your own car mechanic. And third, you should have your own florist. That's right, florist. My florist is Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop, located at 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida. An FTD Top 100 florist, Blooming Days meets all of your floral needs While respecting your budget, give Christine a call at 813-933-1942 www.bloomingdays.com. This is Willie Lawson for the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. You can have access to a growing nationwide network of attorneys and legal experts. You can get bail assistance. Um, The network provides up to $25,000 to post bail on behalf of a member who has used force in self-defense. The fee deposit to your attorney immediately after a self-defense for representation during questioning, and other vital defense services. You can reach us at ARM Citizens Legal Defense Network. Our n- number is 360-978-5200. That's 360-978-5200. Or go to www.armedcitizensnetwork.org. All right, let's let's get this party. Let's get this party. Let's get this party started. Let's get this party started. Again, my name is William Lawson, and you're listening to the Morning Report, a production of FightbackMedia.com. Uh, our first story is um, it is about the thing a thing called the Justice Act, and. It would seem like this would be some sort of knee-jerk reaction to what we see what we see going on by the Trump administration to to invoke and enact some sort of police reform. Um, the fact of the matter is that that's not what the Justice Act is at all and has never been that, really. Um, no matter what Maisie Hirono from Hawaii calls it, I'll tell you what she calls it after I explain it a little to you about what it is. Um, article from townhall.com. Everyone wants to see justice after the brutal Minneapolis police killing of George, uh, George Floyd, an unarmed African-American man. Um, so Senator, Senator Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina, believes he has the solution. His Justice Act includes several police reforms that he wants police departments to adopt in order to rebuild their trust in, in communities. Yeah, that sounds pretty innocuous, I guess. And, of course, immediately there are people go- saying that this doesn't go far enough, of, uh, that this is some Trump thing, blah, 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 blah. No. Senator Scott has been working on this legislation for five years started working on this legislation during the last days of the Obama administration that didn't pick it up by the way um, that Harry Reid didn't pick it up and that they didn't. it didn't get picked up it didn't get pushed by Senate Democrats it didn't get pushed by um, the, the Democrat president it didn't get pushed because they're chicken spits and I say chicken spits out of deference and respect for a local Sports announcer, and if you're listening local, you know who that is. It's, it's um, uh, Steve Dumick. Steve Dumick, uh, a couple of years ago, died of brain cancer. And um, we are we are much less for his presence in the in the radio market here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, big dog, roll on. Roll on, big dog, roll on. And um, anyway, so he would say chicken spit because, you know, FCS, he doesn't like the other word. So they have they have stayed as far away from any police reform that was out there for a long time five years and now they're all about and now strangely enough, they're all about defunding and reforming the police. Pfft, give me a freaking break, but um the Democrats had their own idea. Chuck Schumer recently unveiled recently unveiled the Justice and Policing Act. And while there is some overlap with Senator Scott's bill, they refuse to even consider a debate on it. They just want it passed. They, Here's our bill, blah, 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 blah. So, um, Mitch McConnell wondered what the problem was. You know, it's interesting. McConnell said from the, said from the um, Senate floor... Um, that the GOP uh, uh, about the GOP uh, reform bill junior senator from South Carolina had led the development of a strong new proposal justice act is informed by is informed by data the facts by stories from across America and sadly his own lived experience it all enjoys the support of the uh, 46 co-sponsors already But supporting a Republican is the third, at this point, is the third, especially somebody who is out front and up front as as Senator Scott, is the third rail for these Democrats. When, people, when these, these Democrats are talking about Trump being the great divider, and he needs to say something to unify the country, and now you have this opportunity for these chicken-spit Senate Democrats to... Unify, hell the Senate. Not only, hey, listen, we're going to talk about Senator Scott's bill. We're going to debate it. We're going to come together on the large sections of the bill that we that actually overlap with their bill that we can agree on. No, they don't want to talk about. It. No, we don't want to talk about. It. So maybe the only group left in Washington. That are reportedly agonizing on whether to block a discussion of police reform or let it proceed, seem to be the Senate Democrats, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, let me make it perfectly clear. This is a, this is a new phrase that, you, that everybody's using now. Just so to, so to be clear, so so to be clear. Senator Schumer, to be clear, is the Justice Act that a black senator from South Carolina has been working on for five years that has 46 co-sponsors. You're not going to consider that. You're not even going to consider it. Hmm. Seems racist. Seems, seems racist. Just saying. Schumer recently declared that he wanted to get police reform done by the 4th of July. It's interesting. When they want stuff done, they want to get the stuff done fast. And then, maybe not. You remember, you remember impeachment, right? We've got to get this done now. We've got to get it done before Christmas. Hmm, interesting. Um, But, with Democrats to swiftly, dismiss, they, but with the Democrats swiftly dismissing Scott's proposal, McConnell con- concludes that there there are more uh, interested in making a point than making a law. Senator Scott uh, has a personal stake in this issue. He is candidly described, as he is candidly described, he has been stopped walking into the Senate building and was stopped on the road several times in a, a single year. His only fence, he says, was driving while black think about it, a U.S. senator was stopped by Capitol Police let that sink in a U.S. senator was stopped walking into the Capitol building by Capitol Police Now, this is the bill. This is the bill that, again, he's been working on for five years. That for some reason, and I'll let you decide on your own, Senate Democrats aren't even going to listen to. Are you serious? Yes, they are serious. They're absolutely freaking serious. So they can make some big point. On July fourth. So if you're looking, for, I mean, what I haven't done my life, all oh, my whole life, is look for races under every rock. Because frankly, if you pick up enough rocks, you'll find them. But there's some, somebody out there resting on top of the rocks, hoping to be seen. Sometimes it's too much to bear. We're we'll be back right after these messages. My name is Willie Lawson. This is the Morning Report, a production of FightbackMedia.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world's story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, Are you someone who wants to give more? Are you someone who wants to donate more to your favorite charity or even your favorite podcast and you just don't have the money because you got too much credit card debt already? Well, I've got something for both of us. Debt.com. Debt.com is ready to put you into a debt consolidation program that will save you money, save your credit rating and allow you to live your dreams in the way that you would like to live them. That's Debt.com. Give them a call at 877-764-2393. That's 877-764-2393. Get out of debt today. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Morning Report. My name is Willie Lawson. The Morning Report is a production of FightBackMedia.com. FightBackMedia.com. And what you you went to the website during the break? Yeah. Then you almost didn't get back. Yeah. Uh, well, of course you did. In any case, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Trump rally numbers that happened on Saturday night, I guess, because uh, it's, it's it's been a really big deal and um, the rally was not as well attended by, um, people as quite frankly, the campaign had hoped. Now, was it empty? No, uh, of course not. Of course it wasn't empty. Of course there were people there. Of course they had a big crowd, a big enthusiastic crowd. Of course they did because that's what, that's what the president does. The president does. He's, he's super good at that. And he was completely on his thing. Uh, if you watched any part of it, you're like, damn, that dude is good. And I said this a couple of days ago, uh, or yesterday, under coronavirus, you don't know, today or, or some other day. Um, it's pretty much how, we de- how we're how we dealing with life. Um, that the only person who does a crowd better than Barack Obama is Donald Trump. There's just, I mean, think about it. Think about it. Let's go back to um, George Bush. Yeah, he he had crowds eating out of the palm of this. No, not, not, not at all. Not at all. Um, let's think about, um, I don't know, Bill Clinton. Kind of, sort of, but not really. He was pretty good with the crowd. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> abysmal. Absolutely freaking abysmal. Um, Hillary Clinton, abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Um, Barack Obama, really good. Um, Barack Obama was the best since Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, really good. The whole have the you know have the crowd but you know in the palm of your hand kind of thing, right? Yeah. Trump, really good at it. But anyway, um, the numbers are such that the campaign, the campaign is disappointed in the numbers because the campaign always wants, you know, and that's understandable. The campaign wants everything, right? The campaign wants everything and the campaign wants everything to be perfect. That's the standard. And when the can and when the things aren't perfect the campaign gets, gets ticked. So the news is that Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner are, quote, pissed at campaign manager Brad um, Parscale over his predictions of a much larger crowd than the one that turned out at the Tulsa rally Saturday night, according to a Trump campaign source. Jared and Ivanka are pissed at Brad over-promising on crowd size, the source said. A spokesperson for Kushner. Kushner later um, Sunday said it's false that they are upset with Pascal and Pascal declined, of course, to comment. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to disappear. A separate campaign source that Trump also has given every right had to be pissed over the turnout in Tulsa. They gave adversaries in the media a gift. It was overconfidence. The The source said that Pascal uh, Pascal and the um, or Pascali, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name and other campaign staffers close to the planning of the event. Now, before I read the rest of this release, we uh, we, we here have received some stories from people who, who were there. One of the stories is that, of course, they were taking temperatures of people coming into the round. Now, really, all that does is you try to filter out people who have temperatures over... I think the number is 100.4 if you can filter them out and then at least at least you can you can you can hope that sick people aren't coming in people who aren't showing symptoms aren't coming in which is really all you can freaking do and they can come in now of course if people wanted to wear a mask they could because they were all for the most part grown or adult so they could um but the story is that a lot of the temperature check people went away uh, from the doors about an hour before they were scheduled to. One of the entrances into the rally was blocked by BLM. And we're going to talk about BLM here in a little bit. It was blocked by BLM for about an hour. So some people were turned away and went home. I had a report for, by by somebody I trust that they went, they were there and tried to get in and the overflow stage and the um one of the entrances they were trying to get they, they tried to get into the arena was blocked by BLM by protesters, and they were eventually turned away and went home and watched the the rest of the rally on television, probably on YouTube uh, with right side right side broadcaster which is why how I watched it. Um yeah. And yes, that that all those things fall on whoever putting together the event. All those things fall on who have the the people on the ground putting together the event. It it was a cluster. And that probably led to some of the the numbers that you saw. Now, this whole 6,200 number. I've seen some video. It looks like a lot more than 6,000 people there than me. It was pretty much the the bottom bowl in this place was full. There was some overflow to the top section. The place holds 19,000 people. And it was never going to be 19,000 people because if you've been to a rally, a lot of seats on the floor are taken up by TV cameras and media. Probably maybe even as as many as two or three hundred seats are taking up where you could put people have media. Because I've been to, to 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 the rally as a as a media person, so I've seen it. I understand. Um but anyway. Donors and friends of the president have also been fuming Sunday in the wake of Trump's um it's gonna say a poorly attended rally, but I don't think it was poorly attended. Uh, a person involved with the re-election effort told CNN. Uh, the person said to blame from this camp has focused squarely on um, Pascal, of whom some had already been skeptical. But this donor and allies feel the rally. Uh, excuse me. But some donors and, and allies feel the rally debacle, um, in which the campaign made a decision to inflate expectations about enthusiasm. The rally rather than manage them at a reasonable level through into sharp relief when the existing management problems on the campaign. The person said, What happened last night is representative of a much larger problem. The person, well, this is it. White House press secretary insists the president was energized, not angry. But does anyone actually believe that his, his campaign team, who with whom he was reportedly already furious over bad polling numbers, which aren't really their fault, loudly told everyone that he would listen, that more that one million people had RSVP'd for a big event. This won't happen again. This won't happen again. When they woke sa- Saturday morning, Trump advisors realized things were going downhill. Protests were convening outside the arena. News emerged that a half-dozen advanced staffers had tested positive for coronavirus, a revelation that angered the president ahead of his departure for Oklahoma, and further amplified fears that the event could spread disease. Hours before the rally got underway, it became clear to the president's lieutenants that the debacle was underway and there would be patchwork, uh, there would be some patchwork of empty seats making matters worse for the campaign. It was the initial declaration that one million people had signed up to see Trump's uh, a boast that was now destined to fall on his face. Now, there were going to be a million people there. There were never going to be a million people there. There were never going to be a million people there. There you go. The problem is that so you have a rally that was a great rally but it didn't meet expectations. And the left uses this as a way to push their narrative of inevitability about a Trump loss and how trump's base is pulling away from him that he's i mean it's a way for them to isolate trump because if you isolate somebody then you can go after them nobody wants to be nobody wants to be on that side blah 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 on 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 the fact of the matter is that i think the trump groundswell is bigger than ever and will be uh surprising in november even with john bolton's um my I, I book. I was going to say something. Going to start with a B, um, coming out. One of my, um, my my friends got an advanced copy, came came on Amazon today. He had to had to instant message me with uh, a picture of it. He's very excited. He asked me if I wanted to borrow it. What I should have told him is no. We've got plenty of toilet paper. Thank you, thank you. But I appreciate your concern. Today. Our friend Tim Bryce is back with Bryce is Right. And he answers the question that everybody's asking. Who is really dividing America? And now it's time for Bryce is Right. Tim Bryce is an author, freelance writer, and the managing editor of M&JB Investment Company of Palm Harbor, Florida. Tim has over 40 years of covering Florida politics, and national politics. It is a pleasure to have Bryce is Right as a segment on Fight Back Media. And now, Bryce is Right.
2: This is Tim Bryce with my column titled, Who is Really Dividing the Country? Whenever you ask a member of the left why they hate President Trump, the Pavlovian response is normally, Because he is dividing the country, that he is polarizing, even labeling him the divider-in-chief, thereby painting him as a racist, a threat to the nation and to the Constitution. This notion has been repeated so many times, it is now nothing more than a knee-jerk reaction. If you challenge these people to explain their rationale, the most likely response is, he acts unpresidential. The news media gladly endorses this premise and promotes its usage, but the question remains, is he really dividing the country? I simply do not see it. I will not deny the president appeals more to the right than the left, but it takes two to tango. And it could be argued the division of the country widened more under President Obama, who appealed more to the left and alienated conservatives. So much so, he refused to work or the Republican-led Congress at the time. We could track it back further to President Nixon's Watergate investigation or President Clinton's impeachment or the fundamental differences of President Carter versus President Reagan or the up-and-down differences between the Clinton-Bush-Obama administrations. No, the division in this country started well before President Trump, yet he is being blamed exclusively for it. The left and the news media encourage this notion of presidential divider Just about every Democrat and media pundit have labeled him a racist, xenophobe, homophobe, anti-feminist, fascist, Nazi, etc., in the hopes these labels will somehow stick in the minds of voters. To a certain extent, they have, but mostly to the left, and not the right who simply does not buy it. Actually, use of these labels heightens anger issues on the left, and the chasm between left and right grows larger. President Trump is hardly any of these labels. For example, years ago, his favor was frequently courted by black politicians who wanted donations for their political campaigns, which he gave, and his philanthropy for black-related charities and projects. And again, he gladly helped out. From this, he was awarded commendations from black organizations, such as the Muhammad Ali Entrepreneur Award in 2007, However, since declaring his candidacy for president in 2015, the racist label somehow surfaced. The president has kidded he would still be popular with Democrat blacks today had he not decided to run for office. If President Trump is guilty of anything, it is for running as an outsider against the Washington establishment, or as he refers to it as, the swamp. This includes politicians, bureaucrats, lobbyists, the press, and all who have been grazing peacefully on the taxpayer for many years. Because he challenges the corporate culture of the nation's capital, it is no small wonder he faces stiff resistance from everyone. But President Trump is undeterred and continues to push forward to straighten out Washington. The news media particularly dislikes this president as he resists their control. He is frequently misquoted and maligned by the press. So much so, he found it necessary to do an end run around the media to get his message to the masses using social media, such as Twitter. This exacerbated the relationship between the media and the president, but Mr. Trump had no alternative. While some people are offended by the tone of the president's tweets, his supporters find it refreshing as they applaud him for standing up to the tyrannical press. Then we have the matter of far-left groups who are much more divisive than the president. Groups like Black Lives Matter can easily be accused of being racist as they do not embrace all races and chafe at the mention of All Lives Matter. Other organizations such as Antifa are dedicated to the overthrow of the United States and have adopted destructive tactics. Unlike these organizations, the president does not advocate burning, looting, and attacking people, yet he is the one accused of dividing the nation. Interestingly, I find these young zealots possess no sense of American history or civics, not to mention world history. They are uneducated and unsophisticated in such topics. Consequently, their naivety makes it easy to manipulate them and use their energy for destructive purposes, such as the removal or defacing of historical markers. Because of their limited education, they are also quick to malign capitalism and embrace socialism. Nothing seems to set the left off better than a Make America Great Again hat. People who wear mega hats in support of their president are automatically accused of being racist by the left. What we are witnessing is their attempt to control the dialogue and dictate morality through political correctness. They are so boisterous about this, you are dismissed out of hand and not allowed to refute their argument. Clearly, these are tactics of harassment and a genuine threat to freedom of speech. From the left's perspective, their sense of morality is the only thing that matters, and everyone else's interpretation is evil and should be snuffed out. This, too, divides the country further. Again, if the president is guilty of anything, it is that of being an outsider determined to bring pragmatic solutions to Washington, D.C., and the people there do not like it. As such, they zealously undermine him every step of the way. If this includes misleading the public, so be it. Make no mistake, we are embroiled in a cultural revolution. And when one person pushes, the whole organization pushes back. No, President Trump is not a divider-in-chief. That is a complete misnomer. He is the one person standing up for the American taxpayer and wants to return some sanity to our government after several years of erosion. The Washington establishment wants to see him gone and will go to any lengths to take him down. They have tried to assassinate his character through the Russia investigation, which led to a pseudo impeachment trial, accused him of incompetence during the coronavirus panic, and now assail his leadership during this time of racial tension and police conduct. However, we are now less than five months away from our presidential elections. If you think it has been a nasty fight thus far, you haven't seen anything yet, as new charges and allegations will be leveled against the president from the left. It will get worse before it gets better. But the president will stand his ground and fight back with the help of his supporters. It's going to be a long, hot summer, and the demonstrators will not go away anytime soon as they hold the spotlight of the press. No, it is not President Trump who is trying to divide the country. It is the left who is hell-bent on his destruction and the USA as we have known it. One last note, the concept of acting unpresidential keeps buzzing through my head. Do we elect people to act or to take charge, make the tough decisions, and get things done? I'll take results over facade time, but I guess this is simply too divisive. Friends, keep the faith. It's Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet, timbryce.com.
1: All right. All right, thank you ever so much. That's the, that's my friend Tim Tim Bryce. Uh, fabulous, fabulous! Thank you. Great take today, Tim. Appreciate your uh, being with, being being with the program um, and um, sending us that uh, that post. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, Tim mentioned BLM, and and before we go, I, I, I needed to to hip you guys to something that unfortunately a lot of folks don't get. BLM has been Black Lives Matter has been in the news friggin' non-stop since the George Floyd, um, so, since the George, George Floyd murder. Uh, a little bit after, um, Ahmaud Aubrey, but just full-fledged BLM. Which is interesting. I'm watching, a, I'm seeing a picture of a BLM sign on the Daily Wire website held up by a white hand. Hmm. And the sign reads, white silence is violence. They even come up with their slogans, all made up, to be adopted by people they don't care about. But any, but that's a, that, again, that's a Fight Back 2020 show. Uh, I want to get to some facts. Even factcheck.org and PolitiFact, which are both left-leaning, maybe not as left-leaning as Snopes, but pretty left-leaning, have confirmed that Black Lives Matter Global Network is not recognized... It's, an, it's not a recognized IRS charity. Instead, raising their funds through a fiscal sponsor, global nonprofit thousand current, which would likely have a legal obligation to make reasonable efforts to ensure that the funds they receive are spent consistent with the five hundred one C three restrictions. And what do we know about those? The five hundred one three excuse me, a five hundred one C three restrictions. Are nonpartisan. Some critics of the group suggest that the financial arrangement blocks full transparency. We don't know. So factcheck.org notes that Act Blue helps to raise funds for BLM Global Network by directing donations to Thousand Currents, their fiscal sponsor. So Act Blue, watch, watch, watch what I'm saying here. Act Blue. Raises money for BLM, you know, and by directing the money they raise to thousand currents, who are their fiscal sponsors, the partnership, the partnership between the network Act Blue and the nonprofit formerly the International Development Exchange, was announced in 2016. The site explains the nonprofit organization, 1,000 Currents, said it would provide fiduciary oversight, financial management, and other administrative services to BLM. An ActBlue spokesperson, Caleb Cade, confirmed to this fact-checking site that donations made through ActBlue go to 1,000 Currents for Black Lives Matter. According to um, uh, Deshaya De, uh, Rivera, Rivera. I have trouble saying the word Rivera for some reason. Director of Finance Administration for a Thousand currency Foundation has applied to become its own 501c3. Factcheck.org reported that BLM never returned their request for such a form. That's not happening. We asked by Five Matters Group for a copy of Form Ten Twenty Three, and if you put together a nonprofit, you know what that is, right? Which is used to apply for that designation but didn't hear back. An IRS spokesperson said copies are only publicly available if the organization is approved for 501c3 status. Also, by the fact-checking site, this is, this is the same left-leaning fact-checking site, using a fiscal sponsorship arrangement offers a way for a cause to attract donors even when it is not recognized as tax-exempt under the IRS code according to the National Council on Nonprofits. In essence, the fiscal sponsor serves as the administrative quote home, in quote, for the cause. Charitable contributions are given to the fiscal sponsor, which then grants them to support the cause. So I could say that Fight Back Media I could put it out there that we are nonprofit. I could make you think that. But then the Heritage Found that the money that goes through my site actually is being goes to the Heritage Foundation. I'll just use it. I'll use them as an example, and then the Heritage found Heritage Foundation gives me a, for lack of a better term, kickback. So you think that you're donating to Fightback Media, but you're actually donating money to the Heritage Foundation, or the RNC, let's say the RNC, and the RNC supports us. They take care of all the fiduciary rights for. I would I would never have such a a hor- a horrific arrangement. I would never agree to that arrangement ever 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 in life. Ever. I'd I'd sell all my equipment and record these programs and these videos. All of this on my phone. On the back seat, from the back seat of my car, before I would agree to any of that nonsense. Judicial Watch's Tom Fitton, however, suggests Saturday that the fiscal sponsorship route blocks full transparency, particularly when it comes to partnerships with Act Blue. Act Blue also raises money for who? Democrat candidates. So, the money, at least some of the money, that people are donating to, they think, Black Lives Matter is going to support Democrat candidates. Transparency. He posted linking to a fact. So you want to make tax deductible tax deductible um, donation directly to Black Lives Matter? You can't. You de- you donate money to Act Blue charities, and then Act Blue charity sends money to allegedly to another charity. What? Thousand Currents, which runs BLM as its fiscal sponsorship. It's insane. And people are falling for it because this narrative has not come out on CNN. And one has, and it's easy to find out how we found out here at here at Fightback Media. So you have to ask yourself the question why. Don't you? But you probably already know the answer. My name is Willie Lawson. This has been the Morning Report on uh, FightbackMedia.com. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of yours, whether you love us, whether you like us, whether you loathe us, until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, take care of yourself. We'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye now.